Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Six minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon and how are you doing? Hope you're having a fabulous Thursday. I'm Nikki Seberini. Delighted to be with you on the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination here on 101.9 High FM. So Shana Tova, it is the new year. Um, a few days to go and then Yom Kippur will be fasting and I'm sure this is a time for reflection and introspection. And I want to do, talk about something before I introduce our, our, our guests because we really, really have a fabulous show lined up for you today. I wanted to talk about something that really impacts how we are in the world. It impacts how we approach situations, how we deal with challenges, how we make decisions, how we communicate, how we interact, how we love. Um, and it's something called a mindset. And mindset really is just a collection of beliefs and stories that we have. And a mindset is changing all the time. Our mindset, mindset shifts all the time. A mindset is something you can't feel, you can't hold it, but you can certainly see it in another person. You can see their approach to life, their outlook, the way they handle situations based on their mindset. And why am I talking about that? Well, because Yom Kippur is around the corner and we have lots to think about. And I know that times are tough. You know, we listen to the news and we read the newspaper here in South Africa, uh, all over the world. And when we sit around the table and we talk about these things, just ask yourself the question, what was my mindset before I sat down and had this conversation? And what is my mindset now that I'm getting up and leaving the table? After having this conversation, how am I feeling? Am I feeling good about life? Am I feeling um, that um, I'm uplifted by the conversation that I'm having? And really, I think that when it comes to our mindset, we have to treat our mindset like we would our body. We talk about what we're eating and what we're drinking because it impacts on our overall health. How about what we're ingesting? How about what we're watching and what we're reading and the kind of discussions that we are having? How is that impacting our mindset and then impacting the way we are in the world? So I mention that because I was invited by a couple of people to join a particular Facebook page, which has only been around for a few weeks, and it's called Hashtag I'm Staying. Um, you know, we can get stuck in, again, the narrative of people talking about the country and whether they're staying and whether they're going and how tough things can be and how challenging things are. And then you get a person who decides to set up a page called Hashtag I'm staying. And within a short period of time, the last time I checked, I think there were about 320,000 people, and I think it's growing. But if you just spend a little bit of time going through hashtag I'm staying, you get to see a different narrative, a different narrative of South Africa and the people who live in this magnificent, glorious country of ours, the people without the filter, without the editing, without, you know, everyone has an agenda. They want you to think a certain way. They want you to have certain discussions. And the hashtag I'm staying, it's without the filter. It's the real South African like you and like me. And if you haven't gone, if you haven't joined the group, 
join it. Let that be your narrative and let that help you with your mindset when you go out into the world. I have found it a wonderful, wonderful experience. We're going to take a quick break. After the break, I am going to be talking to Adi Shub and Karen Cohen. Um, they talk and they really specialize in EQ for kids and adults and EQ mindfulness. We're going to be looking at parenting. We're going to be looking at the EQ approach. Um, and I really hope that you're going to be interacting with us today. The lines are open. Um, you can SMS us on 34519 or you can call us on 01. One zero one four zero three zero two zero. A quick break, and we'll be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since two thousand and eight. Wow, the third of October, unbelievable. Of course, next month we have the um, nine four seven Discovery Joburg um, race, and we have the DL Link who are putting a team together. And I've been telling you that you had until the 27th of September, but Tammy and Michelle managed to get an extension on that. So, in fact, registration closes today. So maybe if you were thinking, oh, no, I wish I had registered for the race, it is not too late. You have until the end of today to register and be a part of the Team DL Link. And that, of course, is for Discovery 947 Ride Joburg happening on Sunday, the 17th of November at River Sands Commercial Park. So um, get onto the website. Um, you can call the DL link as well and, uh, you know, start riding and, and do some fantastic things. Let that be a New Year's resolution. Right now for these fabulous guests I've been telling you about, I think I'm going to be talking to Karen first, Karen Cohen. And, and Karen has a passion for understanding how an individual can achieve meaning and purpose within their lives while working towards their goals. And her fascination for educational environments and multiple intelligences and personalized learning has resulted in her own personal and academic learning journey of 30 years and 20 years of experience through the educational challenges of her own children. So we have Karen on the line and then we're going to be um, talking to A.D. Shub as well. Karen, hi, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity. No, it's, it's lovely to be online with you. Listen, it is incredible to be online with you too. And also when we talk about <laughs> EQ for kids, um, everyone's talking about IQ and the IQ and they go to school and they're being tested and the IQ and we're focusing on that and we don't always have the discussion around EQ. So just to start off the conversation, Corin, just give us an understanding, if you don't mind, please, of what, what does EQ actually mean? Yes, I think that's a wonderful place to start. And as you say, in education today, it's all about IQ, academic performance. How can I get my marks higher? Mm. higher? Where can I go with this? And everybody's focusing on putting pressure and anxiety on those actual end results. So the EQ is actually emotional quotient. That's the name of it. And quotient is an actually a measuring tool. So, but... What we've coined more, and especially with Daniel Goldman and all the EQ specialists, they call it EQ, but it's actually emotional intelligence, EI. So EI, which is emotional intelligence, can be defined as the ability to feel, express, and understand emotion. So it's really around that heart center of actually feeling what's going on, whilst at the same time knowing what to do with them. So we get these emotions, and what do we do with these emotions? So Daniel Goleman's, um, he has expressed it as a, an emotional intelligence 
important in motivating oneself in the face of frustrations. So as these emotions come out, we have different ways of dealing with them, and that can be through feelings such as anger and um, frustration. So to control some of these impulses, we need to delay gratification, Mm -hmm. regulate moods, and keep distress from swamping our ability to, and also to emphasize hope. So that's a, a general feeling of emotional intelligence. It's not, it's more of a soft skill, one that you don't really see. The IQ is more of a hard skill, which you can actually quantify mm-hmm. and you can actually put down and number it. This is not something you can see. Mm. So it's quite difficult to, Understand from that point of view, you really have to live it and experience what emotional intelligence is like. But we all do have it. It's, it's, uh, well, I started off talking about mindset a little bit earlier. Um, and, and I suppose that when one is, um, able to deal with one's emotional intelligence, then one is more conscious of a mindset in a moment, moment by moment by moment. But let's just talk about EQ for children. Um, and let's talk about the ability to deal with these feelings and, and to know what to do with these feelings. Because as you know, in adults w- with the prefrontal cortex and you've got this limbic system and the prefrontal cortex is able to regulate those emotions but when you're younger you don't have it and so and especially as a teenager and so you're more reactive how do parents get around that where where is the difference between teaching a child um, the delayed gratification and and building up resilience and just thinking well you know they're teenagers or they, they can't control their emotions Yes, and, and what you're talking about is a very real fact, because if we go to the neuroscience, which is fantastic that we have that now, mm. we can actually do brain imaging and see how does the teenage brain look or how does the child's brain look and differently to us. Right. As parents, we can all relate to the us, uh, saying to our teen or our kid, what were you thinking? And in actual fact, they weren't thinking. Mm. So our brains are very different. And the neuroscience is a fantastic uh, tool for us that shows us that we are different. And the more that parents realize that children and teens function differently to us, the, the better they can get an understanding, almost go into their shoes and feel that empathy because we get frustrated as parents. What were they thinking? Why did they do that? And, and in actual fact, they weren't thinking. It's more of an impulse. Teenagers are very impulsive, and we know that from a fact. So I've got Adi here with me, and I'd really like her to talk a little bit more about the brain. Lovely. Is that something we can go into? Oh, I'd love that. I'm fascinated. Hi, Adi. Well, let me just introduce you to the audience, Adi Shub. And and Adi's been practicing as a holistic practitioner for over three decades, working with thousands of adults and teenagers and young children. And her work has provided these people with tools they need to work on themselves, allowing many to champion and better themselves. While also learning effective interpersonal skills So vital, Adi Welcome, lovely having you on the show as well Oh, thank you, Nikki What a wonderful opportunity And such a delight to speak to a great audience And I'm so pleased to contribute uh, to the understanding of the brain Mm. Because it is a very complex understanding And uh, if we can just recognize that there are three brains Mm -hmm. And 
once we get to understand each function of the brain, we are then able to understand our kids and come up with a lot more empathy and understanding. Oh, great. So I'm just going to run through them because I think the audience would find it fascinating. That's Um, great. We start with the lower brain. Sorry? No, I said that's wonderful. I'm so delighted. Go ahead. Uh, Ad, Ad, we we we're gonna we're gonna break for ads for two minutes. We're gonna be back, and I want to hear about the 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 brain in more detail. Please please hold for us. IFM one hundred and one point nine megahertz of life. Thank you so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. We're having a fascinating discussion with A.D. Shubb and Karen Cohen. We're talking about EQ, emotional intelligence, and we're looking at kids and we're looking at adults. But we started off just before the break, breaking down the brain and why it is that us as adults can't understand where our children are coming from. So, A.D., you were talking about let's have a look at the brain so we can have a better understanding, we can have empathy and understanding. Absolutely, Nicolene. What we've got to look at is what's really going on inside of them. So when we are born, we are coming from the lower brain. That's the most developed. And we call this the alarm center because its main job is to promote survival. And this is where the brain tells the body if it's hungry, if the baby's cold. It also controls breathing and circulation, and it responds to danger with fight, flight, and freeze. And it's fascinating because even as adults, we sometimes can move into that lower brain. Mm. And I think with everything that's going on in South Africa and the world, and most of us are spinning, Mm. uh, we tend to go into more of that lower brain, into that survival, fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. And this is where a lot of the times... uh, we are making rash decisions, and we're not coming from our intuitive function. It's almost like a tornado when you, uh, you've you got this huge tornado. You can either be on the edges and spin out, or it's about finding your center and being in that eye of that tornado so that you can come from a calm, reflective space. So when one's in that lower brain, it's also good to step back, to breathe, to find your center, and just to find what your heart really has to say, say rather than that fight-and-flight reactive side of ourselves. Hmm. To go back to the baby, there's no such thing as a bad baby. And uh, quite some time back, I remember watching a show on Oprah Winfrey, which discussed uh, almost the cries of a baby, whether the, the child has a cry when they're wet or when they're cold. And this is very useful for parents to listen to because you'll be able to tune into your baby's vibration to really be able to see what it is that they're trying to tell you. Then we move into the middle brain, which is our emotional brain. It's connected to all our feelings. And this also houses memories. So this is going through through our lives Incidents that happen to us that are held on a cellular level mm. because we just, uh, we're just a container of memories. Our reactive response is normally connected to something that happened to us when we were younger. Even a child who watches a scary movie might be very afraid to go to sleep because it's, 
in their memory bank. Mm. And this is where there is techniques and tools of how to really be able to come through your center, through mindfulness, through breathing, but also to go in and work with that part that has experienced that trauma to calm that part down, to say, hey, I've moved further, and this is not really, this is just my mind. It's just not connected to who I am right now. Hmm. And that part is very much connected to sense of self. So I think all parents are very familiar with the emotional breakdowns and that our kids go through, the meltdowns, the temper tantrum, temper tantrums, and they're very much in that emotional feeling brain. And unfortunately, we're not thinking from a rational and centered part of ourselves, and it literally shuts down our brain. So we cannot access these valuable parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, and the final brain, well, the, the most highly attuned brain is the third area, which is it's such a huge part. It's a, it takes up such a big proportion of the brain, and that's our rational center, and that's known as the neocortex or frontal lobes. Next, that part manages reasoning and rational thought, mm. also connects to problem solving, and it's very much uh, our creative center. It's where our imagination is stored, as well as kindness, empathy, concern, and your intuitive function. And this normally develops from about seven years old and doesn't develop fully until 24. So just remembering that when your kid or yourself is an emotional brain, and sometimes we we drop to that level when we are aggravated with our children and we're losing our corn and going into into a bit of a meltdown. Mm. And it's just step back, take a deep breath, try and create some space so that you can hold your center and then come in from a much much more rational and uh, creative brain and full of empathy for your kids because now you're getting an understanding that they're not doing it deliberately. Wow. I love thank you for explaining that so clearly, Adi. You you mentioned a couple of times going and and Karen did as well about going to the center, um, holding that center, also the heart and um, that you know the the, you know the tornado and being in the eye and holding that. Maybe you can expand on that. It sounds amazing, but how does one do that when a child is screaming and going mad and you feel like you're going mad? How how do you return to sanity and go to center? I think firstly get down to their level because when we are going into reaction, we sometimes scream at our kids and that brings up even more fear inside of them, Mm. more irrationality. And it's better come down to their level, look into their eyes, really be able to come in and remove them. If they're in a public place, I mean, so many times when I I had little young ones. I'd walk into a pick and pay store and suddenly my kid sees all these sweets <laughs> and all, wants to go into it's a always, It's always when and, it happens. <laughs> oh, and it's so embarrassing here. You've got this child having a complete tantrum <sighs> on the floor and you're thinking, how, what am I going to do? Mm. And the more you say to the kid, oh, pull yourself together or stop it, that kid's not going to stop it. They'll, they'll go even further into their tantrum. And actually, if you look at even us, you know, if we go into uh, an argument or we go into our emotional brain and somebody says, oh, for goodness sake, pull yourself together, we'll go into, what are you talking about? I'm entitled to it. So just allowing that tantrum to wear itself out, but to try and remove them and to take them to a place where they can 
actually allow themselves just to get through that and then to come back at a later stage and to, to try and reason with them and to try and give them um, choices of the next time this happens, how can we handle this? What would, what would work for you? Hmm. And bring them into uh, making a choice as well that works for you both sides. You know, it's almost like a kid who doesn't want to go to school and they're tantruming. It is a firm boundary. My love, you're going to go to school one way or another so you can either walk to the car or, you know what, I'll pick you up and I can take you. So, again, you're going to get the tantrums isn't, and please not reflect on yourself in any kind of way or shame yourself because, as we know, nobody gives you a manual when you are, you know, raising children. Mm. And we all have to come into a unified kind of consciousness that we all try to work this out together. Yeah. So it's not I am the parent and you will listen to me. Mm. It's really about coming into understanding, learning, being able to imagine if your kids turned to you and said, Mom, you're losing your cool. Do you remember we discussed this and actually it's about take a deep breath and find your center and then maybe we can talk later. <laughs> I mean, I'd say to my kids, fantastic, instead of you, you irritating child, how can you speak to me that way? I'm going to thank you so much for bringing me to awareness. Mm-hmm. So it's also about modeling that behavior because if you're losing your cool and you're telling them to pull themselves together, you're not, not the greatest reflection. Hmm. So, so, Adi, what I'm hearing is that as parents, we have to be very conscious. We have to, um, as you say, stay centered, um, be rational. I have an understanding of where they're coming from, which part of the brain they, they're using in that moment and have empathy um, and remove them and, and really model the kind of behavior that we want from ourselves. Instead of screaming, like I used to find myself saying, stop shouting, and I was shouting. Um, and it was, you know, I could hear the voice in my head saying, I mean, listen to yourself. You're telling your children to stop shouting and you're shouting while you're doing it. So um, I, I love I love that parents should be looking at themselves first, really, before before they look outside of themselves. So we, we know that Cyril Ramaphosa um, recently passed a bill saying, you know, our president saying you, you can't just smack your children anymore. And so we're talking about disciplining children and we're talking about emotional intelligence and having an understanding of our children. How does one, besides removing a, a child, you know, if, if, if there's hysteria, if a child does something wrong, they run across the road, they do something that could possibly endanger their lives. And maybe a reaction for some parents would be to smack them. This is how I'm going to teach you what is right and what is, what is wrong. How does one turn that around, especially now that it's in law? It's interesting you say that, Nikki, because we just did a webinar on discipline from an EQ perspective, and it was it was so interesting because we did this webinar the day after Soroma Pozo passed this bill. Oh, wow. So it almost like the universe saying, <laughs> okay, there's a need for this, uh-huh. which was so lovely. And, and we talked a lot about that because – you know, you can go to jail if you smack your child at home and somebody sees it. And we know that Gosh. in school, it's been illegal for quite a while. I grew up in a, a school environment where we got smacks on our hand and we got caned at the mm. principal's office. Mm. I mean, our children don't know what that is. Mm-mm. They don't know that kind of discipline. And that kind of discipline used to bring fear a lot of fear in the classroom. Our kids don't have fear in the classroom. No. They don't fear. If you say to your your child or the teacher says to the child, I'm going to take you to the principal's office, 
they go, okay, so take me to the principal's mm, office. Mm. It's, there's no fear around that kind of, and that kind of punitive discipline does put you into a fear space, but it's, it's not restorative. So what they talk about now is they talk about restorative discipline. Uh, quite a few of the schools are implementing this program. It's not an easy one because it takes time and it takes consistency. And we know with discipline, we know with boundaries, we know with rules, it's consistency and continuously doing the same thing. If you say to your child today, they do something that's disrespectful, you take away their phone. So that's more punitive discipline. And then you give them their phone back after 24 hours and then they do the same thing and you, and you're not in the right space or mood and you don't take the phone away. What kind of message are you giving across? Mm. So we really need to, as parents be, as Adie's saying, and you quite rightly, um, reflecting on is to be conscious, conscious of how we discipline. And that takes me to another topic of what kind of discipline styles are there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about that in the webinar as well. Are you the more, um, strict style where it's, it's, it's only your way. The rules are very strict. There's actually, the boundaries are so tight that there's no breathing space. Or is your style the loose hippie style from the 60s and the 70s where <laughs> whatever goes, goes. There's no discipline. You want to stay up all night, be on your computer till 3 a.m. in the morning. So what? You know, it's, it's those kind of, so we have to find the balance, you know, between the very strict closed boundaries and the very loose open boundaries. Mm. But on top of all that, as we speak about it, what about two parents? There's two people in the relationship. Right. And sometimes you can be in a relationship and you can feel like a single parent because you're the only one doing the discipline and the partner's not coming on board or you're not seeing the same way of disciplining. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to sit down with your partner before anything and just say, what, what do we want? What do we want in our house? How do we want to discipline our kids? What do the rules look like? If you're both on the same page, it really helps our kids to understand, okay, so how often, and I can laugh because it's happened in my house, that my child will come to me and ask for something, and they know I'm going to say no. So they'll go, oh I'll just go ask Dad. <laughs> you see, it's a, it's a lesson in life. Go, you know, find a way of getting what you want. <laughs> And they know, believe me, they know whose buttons Mm. they can push. Mm. So it's very much about being aware and conscious as a parent together, having the same rules, even if that means writing the rules down. And the rules don't only have to come from you. They can also be, as Adi's also saying, collaborative. You know, today our kids want to collaborate with us. They don't want to be told what to do. I mean, if you've noticed how many, don't tell me what to do. I know what to do. I I have all the answers. Mm -hmm. So why don't we collaborate and actually work as a family together? Decide what are the rules like? What are the consequences? What do these look like? If I stay out beyond my time, I'm supposed to be back at 11 and I come back at 12. What are those consequences? And maybe more likely they're going to look at their watch and say, oh, I know what's going to happen because I've set it. So I need to be part of that rules. Wow. So those are very important parts of discipline. So we've got that very disciplinarian. We've got the very loose boundaries. So we want to find the balance, the balance in the middle. And that's going to be different for everybody. Hmm. So I, I love the parents, and I've also done it, where you look at other people and you go like, 
gee whiz, what are they doing or how are they disciplining their kids? We've got to step back from that. Mm-hmm. We can't look at other people from our frame of reference because mm-hmm. we are different and we discipline our kids differently and we have different belief systems. So mm-hmm. we come from a background, maybe we had very strict parenting and we don't want that for our kids or we want that. So we have to take in, it's more, now we're looking at context. We're looking at a bigger picture, mm-hmm. not just what's happening at home. Hmm. And and also this, I mean, this restorative discipline, as you said, it's the consistency and it happens over a period of time because the other way of disciplining, it's a quick discipline over this is this is how I want it. This is how you've got to do it. It's, I think it's perhaps easier on the parent in the short term and I wouldn't say long term. This other kind, this collaborative way, this way where the child or the teenager um, is also saying, you know, this is what I think I think if I come home late, this is what I think should happen, and they're taking part. And then, of course, you're looking at self-regulating. They're, they're able to regulate themselves. It really, it's it's the long haul, and it, it takes a lot more effort and a lot more consciousness from parents. So are you focusing as much on parents as you are on children? And that's a very big, uh, good point, because that's what um, Connected Kids has taken um, to heart. It's not just about the kids. We mm. can do all this work with your kids and um, in different age groups, but they go home and then what happens when they go home? Sure. The parents are still, they don't have this information. So we are, we are, that's what we're doing, running workshops with the kids and the parents. So we are giving these skills and emotional intelligence equipment for both. So that when you go home, you're both on the same page. Mm. It's the same. We often have teachers who call in and they would say, we had one recently, you know, I'm doing all this work at school. I'm, I'm using restorative discipline in my classroom. I've got 40 kids. Uh, it's so much work. And then they go home to some of us, not such loving environments. Mm. And it's, it's very much a angry screaming. The role models are not what we would like them to be. So what's happening to the poor child? They're getting all these these mixed messages. It, it must be quite fascinating actually doing a workshop with parents and with the children. Um, Aidy spoke about the, the lower brain and the middle brain and the, the, the rational center um, and saying that in the middle brain, that's where a lot of the memory is stored from maybe childhood trauma and how many parents are carrying so much of their own childhood trauma um, and they're reacting to that childhood trauma when their children are acting out. So it must be very interesting, quite complicated having these workshops and life shifting, I, I would presume. Yes, because you're looking at the seed level. You're actually not looking at the surface. You're going mm. much deeper. And interestingly enough, we've got all the information with inside of ourselves of uh, our cellular memory. Yeah. So what's fascinating, even if I look at how I was raised, I had a father who loved us all so much. And if we hurt ourselves... He used to scream at us. We'd go, Daddy, and expect the comfort and comfort. And he'd go into, oh, you silly fool. Why weren't you looking where you were going? Mm. And it made us feel even worse. Mm. And what I noticed is when I had my kid and he used to hurt himself, I could almost hear those words coming out of my mouth, about mm. to come out. And I'd go, stop. Do it differently. Go against your comfort zone. Instead of being reactive, be proactive. 
And what I did then was I went totally against my comfort zone and I just said, oh, my darling, that must have really hurt. Come, let me give you a hug. Let's breathe together and you know what, the pain will start moving away. So it's fabulous to look at exactly your reactive response and to look at your parents and to see how did they handle their anger? What did mom do? Did she kind of slam doors and go into isolation, really being able to be put on the big freeze? Or was she reactive and always shouting at me? Um, how was my father and how did perhaps protect me against my father's anger and all these start turning into belief systems right and then it's interesting because uh, i look at a lot of um, families and even myself where we ended up marrying an aggressor because again my mother used to run in after my father used to make statements like this and say my darling he's not shouting at you but he he feels your pain and he's almost gets very upset so what belief system did we grow mm. up with? Oh, well, to shout at someone means that you love them. Mm. So I found that really fascinating how it affected my own story uh-huh. and how I see it affecting so many other people's stories. Mm. And wow. really to look at those core belief structures of where they came from and let me work against it because I'm trying to develop and master myself more and more so that I can be the personal example to my children mm. and the generations that come from there. Fabulous, Aidy. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Um, please stay with us. We're going to be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back. This is the Deal Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. What a great discussion we're having about parenting, EQ, emotional intelligence, um, and also really being awake to the triggers that we have in life as adults and see how we parent because of that. And, and this whole awareness, this mindfulness, this consciousness as, as a parent and, and how we can be more empathetic and understanding when it comes to our kids. A.D. Shab and Karen Cohn have been um, on the line with us. Um, A.D., just before the break, you, you, you were talking about the triggers and how we have these belief systems and how they play out in our lives. So you and Karen have these monthly webinars. Am I correct? What is the aim? It's to create awareness for each of us, each of us as individuals, and we normally have it as, at a supper time period, which is around about 6 o'clock. Uh-huh. And we really do encourage both children and the adults to listen together. And in that way, it really gets a communication going between the two, well, through the parents and the siblings, about various, it opens up the kids because they really find it difficult to express themselves. Mm. If you ask a child how they're feeling, they'll generally shrug, shrug their shoulders. So, it's, again, what's really going on from inside out rather than from outside in. Mm. So these webinars bring great awareness. And the first one was around relationship and communication. And as Karen mentioned, the second one was uh, discipline from an EQ perspective. But, you know, because emotional intelligence, uh, it's, it's, a, it's virtually like a muscle. You've got to develop it, and it has to be reinstated and it's a, it's almost coming into consciousness on a day-to-day basis. Mm. So by what we are planning to do is also to run once a week workshops that will um will choose various subjects and give the kids tools and a meditation that 
that will stand them for the rest of their lives. They'll always be able to refer back to them, whether it's anger or working with anxiety or self-esteem. And also to bring in the parents to teach them what we've taught the, the kids so they can implement it in their own lives and work as a collaboration of, of a unity, kind of that old expression, unity consciousness. It's about bringing in the unity family unit so that you all are coming from a clear, concise, communicative, um, empathic world rather than a judgment, punitive and a different way of handling kids. Sounds like we'll have a good world if we move forward from that kind of mindset, AD. So for our listeners, if they'd like to get involved in these monthly webinars, if they want to hear more about the workshops that you're going to be having, how do they get hold of you? Yes, thanks, Nikki. So we, the, the webinars are free. We've decided to put them out there. They are an hour just to, to open the doors to people because we are, the webinars, the fantastic thing is it's virtual. So we, you can connect from wherever you are. Mm-hmm. You can be in any part of the globe. So that's the, the lovely part of the webinars. And it, you just need to email us on the info at connectedkids.co.za and then I will send out the link. Okay. So our next webinar is the 31st of October, okay. which will run and we'll probably be looking at the growth mindset, which is a, popular word at the moment and a hot topic we always have hot topics (laughs) and we are also on facebook at connected kids dot sa and then we can supply you with our cell phone numbers after that you can put on the website or however your listeners get hold of um, different speakers thank you also uh, we, we are bringing in and we can bring this to johannesburg as well where we we do an emotional intelligence weekend workshop, which is fantastic. We've got the greatest, greatest facilitators from yoga teachers to music to uh, meditation to show how powerful the mind is. Uh, oh, there's so much we cover in the day, and it's Lovely. it's age appropriate. So we we split up the age age groups over those two days. Fabulous. So it's very exciting. Fabulous, ladies. Thank you, AD. Thank you, Karen. So if anyone wants to get hold of you and find out more, um, it's info at connectedkids.co.za. It's been wonderful having you both on the show. AD Shab, Karen Co. Uh, thank you. Yes. Next one, one last thing. I am coming to Johannesburg from the 17th. If anybody wants to have sessions, you know, with their kids, if they're having a problem or they want their sessions themselves so they can just find that scent. It really does help them a lot. Lovely. Thank you, AD. Thanks, Corin. Lovely having you both on the show. Thank you so much. Take Thank care. You Thank, Thank you, you so much. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. I love that there's a monthly webinar. I love that you can listen to the webinar with your kids, that it's a time when the family are together. And it opens the communication between um, adult and child. And I love when AD spoke about collaboration um, and that you can talk to your teenager and instead of it, this is what I say, it becomes a collaborative um, discussion um, where we draw the lines. And, and just seeing how that changes because children are today are changing and that punitive kind of way that we discipline is simply not working anymore. Listen, I'm open-minded. I think it sounds absolutely fascinating. So I, our next guest, and, and what a mother she is, and she's going to be sharing her story. They're both dear link angels, um, and it's mom Monica Wolfson and uh, Jordana, her daughter. Welcome. Hi, Wonderful. Hello. You. Hi, Jordana. Hello. Lovely having you on the show. Thank you very thank you much. Monica, thank 
thank you for joining us. Lovely, lovely having you both on the show. And you are both dear link angels. And Monica, yes, you've you been, are. you are, you are, and you're going to be telling us a little bit more about what you do, Jordana. Okay. And I just want to ask you first, Monica, because you're listening to this whole parenting, being a parent and the relationship. And you've had a, you know, you as a parent giving birth to a Down syndrome a child, everything changes. Right? Absolutely. Right? So we're going to take a quick break, but after the break, let's, let's talk about that journey and what it is to when to, ha- to have to change that mindset from, from word go. Stay with us. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. And I, I just wanted to remind you that with that 947 um, ride to join T- DL Link, we've extended the registration to today. So you really need, you've just got until the end of today to join the team. It's going to be an extraordinary event. It is going to be a life-changing event happening on Sunday, the 17th of November. That's the Discovery 947 ride, Joburg. So join the team DL Link today. So before the break, Monica, I was saying how, from word go, how, how, how has the experience been for you? Well, it's actually been a, a very amazing experience. Mm-hmm. But it's, of course, every, every roller coaster has its ups and its downs. Sure. Um, I'll never forget when she was in hospital when she was born, because she was like nearly seven weeks prem. So, um, my husband was speaking to a, a doctor and this doctor was saying, just prepare for a magical journey. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's actually been. Mm-hmm. But whenever you, um, pregnant with a child, we all have these dreams and ideas of what our child's life is going to be like. And um, when you have a child who's a bit different, you have to change your dreams. Mm-hmm. And I must say that um, we've, we've had a blessing come into our home. Mm-hmm. Really, it's brought... We've, we've also learned who are our friends and who are not our friends and who are our good family and who are not. Um, but when, when she was young, my husband and I used to say, um, we're going to have a difficult journey because, you know, there's, there's going to be so much that Jordana might not be able to achieve or be able to do. Her capabilities will be less than. And she's actually proved us a bit wrong in that, in that arena. We yeah, found that a lot of our problems Came from Thank the community. Oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> from the community, mm. really. Like um, when when we were schooling, we wanted to school her, and I, because she was, she had lots of capabilities. So we wanted her to be in a mainstream environment as long as possible. But um, we found a, a many barriers, many challenges many along ch- the way. Yeah. Oh, that must principals have been. would not um, mm. accept her in their schools and. A lot of the parents would not accept her being in their child's class. Oh, and that's disappointing. Like that. I, I must tell you, and I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I think times have changed. You, Jordana, you're eight. How old are you? You're I'm eighteen and a half. This year, I'll be nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. And I believe that you were very good at maths. Yes, I'm. Um, Maths. She used to be. Yes. She used to be very good. Well, I'm shocking at maths. You can teach me a thing or two. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm not good at all. But, you know, as I was saying, I, I, I see schools opening up. I see mm-hmm. things have changed. They've shifted quite a lot, which is so encouraging. Yes. Really, which is fantastic. I love you, Mom. <laughs> I had um, a woman 
come to me the other day and she said, thank you for your fights because you're, you're fighting for Jordana. She might not have had those opportunities, but our children are definitely having more opportunities. Did you have lots of fights, Monica? Was it a, you, that was it. You wanted, <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for the fights. That's what we can say. Thank you so much for the fights because things have shifted. So let's talk about the DL link. I know that you love Gabby and Gabby loves you, Jordana. Tell us about your relationship with Gabby. Well, Gabby and I are very, are very nice. Actually, um, Gabby Joseph has, has been a special guy and we were doing well in Israel and we did a Jerusalem marathon. I did five Ks. Five Ks in the Jerusalem Marathon. Yeah. With your mom, I believe. Not with your, with you on your own, with Gabby on your own. On my own. Wow. Incredible. She walked it with, um, another lovely family. With really? Nina Bloom. Um, five Ks. Yes. What, what was that like, Jordana? It's like being in paradise and I'm like being free and not, like being free. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, that's my thing has to be is freedom. You want freedom. Mm-hmm. What is freedom for you? Freedom is like when somebody's free and then they can do something or other people uh, go out of Egypt that they, they also freedom. Mm-hmm. And when have you felt most free? Can you remember what stands out for you where you've really felt most free? Well, let me tell you what happened in, in Benjava. Uh-huh. So we were going to, to join a clinic and when is my freedom is that I was brave. Yes. And being brave is really good because what I did is I was under the thing my mom was holding me because they have a Night, so it came to Benjua and then we attacked us and they kicked my back, my stomach, they stole everything and they used a knife on us, like in the, in the Holocaust. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's right, we are in freedom for myself as well. Uh huh, that must have been very scary for you. I know. Mm, but you're okay about it now? I'm okay and I'm safe. Fantastic. Thank God for that. And what was Johnny Clegg like? Johnny Clegg, well, he, he died soon because he was about his old age. Mm-hmm. And now he died from July until his own age. So, when it's pretty to move to Johnny Clegg because my father my, my dad just like him. Mm, I love Johnny Clegg. I interviewed him a couple of times. He was a very special person. Mm. Very, very mm. special. So you took part in the Jerusalem Marathon. Monica, were you a part of the Jerusalem Marathon as well? Mm. What was that experience like? Because, and we've only got a few more minutes because people, we want people to get part, take part in the 947 challenge in the Jerusalem Marathon next year. What's it like being part of the, the DL link and, and taking part in this kind of thing? This was the second time that I was actually part of the Jerusalem, the DL Link Jerusalem team. And um, the first time that I, I only decided like three weeks, and a month before the Jerusalem Marathon to join. And wow. they were the only group organization that would allow me to join. <laughs> them. And okay. thank goodness for them. Yeah. It was 
the most inspiring or inspiring um, experience that I ever had. Oh, amazing. And this time I took my, we took, um, my whole family, well, almost my whole family, because my husband came, Jordana, and my parents, who had never been to Israel. Gee my mom turned 75 this year, my oh. dad turned 80, and they had never been to Israel. So to just have the whole family, well, our family together and being part of DL Link, Michelle and the DL Link just give the most, I can't even think of the word, but... <laughs> People join, join the 94.7 and join the Jerusalem Marathon because you'll come back a changed person. Richer, richer, Absolutely. richer for it. And to see your daughter do the 5Ks must have been fabulous. Absolutely beautiful. Oh, how wonderful. Well, actually, I'm from the Oak House Vocational Academy. Okay. Thank you. Is that the sign that you read out there? Okay. Jordana, oh, there you are, Jordana Wolfson. Jordana, thank you for coming on to the show. You're it was okay. such a pleasure having you on the show. Really, really it was. I hope you'll come again soon. Thank you. And I hope you have lots of freedom in your life, lots of freedom to be you Thanks. and to enjoy your life and enjoy your Do you world. Do you want me to tell you what I'm doing in, 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 in my school? Oh, we're going to finish the show, but you're going to tell me after the show. Will you tell me after the show? Of course. Thank you, Jordana. So lovely having you on the show. Monica, thank you for joining us. Monica thank Wolfson, you so Jordana much for Wolfson. Lovely having you. You've got a half a day to join the team DL Link. Do it. It is the 947 Ride Joburg happening on Sunday, the 17th of November. Go to the website, join, sign up, tell them it's with the, the DL Link and you can take part in something extraordinary. Thank you so much. For me, Nikki Severini, fast well. Hope it's a meaningful one. Remember, look after your mind. Mindset. Take care. Goodbye.